the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right. Good evening, everyone. I am not. uh, We're not used to being on at this time, so give us a break here. (laughs) Welcome to the Bible Live broadcast. We're normally on at 9 o'clock on Sunday evenings. Today, because of our special broadcast schedule with uh, uh, KSLR here, we are coming to you early, 7 to 8.30, and we are glad to have you along with us. We know that there will be a whole new different group of folks listening and, and uh, wondering, well, what in the world is this? this? I don't remember having this at 7 o'clock on Sunday evening. This is The Bible Live. My name is Soapy Dollar. My daughter Stacy is here with me. John is here in the studio with us as well. He'll be taking your phone calls and and uh, getting you over to us so that you can answer questions. And uh, questions about what, you might ask? Well, questions about the Bible. This is what the Bible Live is all about. We read through the entire Bible every year. And I know you. I know you. Yes, I do. I know you. Don't look around. I'm talking to you. I know you've been wanting to read the Bible for yourself for a long time. Mm-hmm. You've, you've often thought, man, one of these days I'm going to read through the Bible. And you may have even started at one time, like John has. He started about 50 times. and <laughs> He gets to uh, Genesis, and it's all real fun. And he gets into those uh, those uh, genealogies. Once, and, once I realize there's no Phil Collins. <laughs> and I, and no Phil Collins. Okay. And Genesis. So yeah. They, <laughs> and Genesis. There he goes. Well, anyway, um, we know that a lot of you want to, you maybe you tried perhaps, Well, what we've done is make it trying to help you get into the scriptures. This, this old book. Well, we say one book, it's 66 different books written over a period of 1400 years by about 40 different authors Times of war, times of peace, times of plenty, times of famine, written from jail cells, written from seashores, fishermen. Uh, it, just an incredible, amazing book that has this narrative in it about uh, the creator. It, it, uh, the idea is that the creator of the universe, the one who created it and sustained it, has revealed himself, has spoken, has acted, has involved himself in the affairs of, of men and women on planet Earth. 
and in fact creating uh, the human race with the distinct purpose of calling out a people for himself. I will be their God, they will be my people. And in that context of doing that, God has revealed him, he has involved himself in the lives of individuals, those who uh, welcome him, who long to know him, who want to know God, who want to honor God, uh, be a part of the people of God. <clears throat> he um, he then has worked in and through and with their lives and caused uh, a number of those in that uh, in that uh, group to write down uh, a record of their of what they've learned about God, what they've heard from Him, what God has done in and through and with and around their lives, and we have this record. It's these sixty six different books, thirty nine in what we call the Old Testament. Uh, the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, written from about fourteen fourteen hundred and fifty years before Christ. Now it was it was written down at that time. Um, the information w- had been already uh, stored and passed on from generation to generation. Uh, much prior information through oral tradition, which is a normal and highly effective uh, means of of uh, of communicating. Uh, information in the, in the years um, in those years in that time and period but then in uh, about the mid 1400s uh, before Christ it was written down the Torah uh, believed to have been written by Moses during the uh, wilderness wanderings after having come out of Egypt and then of course <clears throat> the the people of Israel and this is not a this is not an ethnic group. This is essentially the people of Israel are exactly should be defined, as I have said before, those who believed in and followed after and sought after the true and living God, the creator uh, of the world and the universe. And so um, <clears throat> they became to some degree focused in a certain people group that uh, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the descendants of of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and they became the, the the twelve tribes of Israel, and we follow their experiences as God dealt with them and and and, uh, and nurtured them and encouraged them. He had a covenant, what we call a covenant, mm-hmm. with them. Why don't you tell about the covenant? Let's get you. Oh, she look at she, she's shy, folks. She's they had a covenant. Uh, now there were other covenants before. There was an Adamic covenant. There was a, in other words, God a covenant. <clears throat> I was thinking about how I'd explain that to you. <clears throat> a covenant was essentially a deal. <laughs> God says, "I'll make you a deal. Uh, you do this. You believe, follow, trust me, obey me, uh, follow after me." Uh, and, and be an influence for the true and living God to those around you. And I'm going to bless you and your descendants. And I will bless and preserve you and keep you. And through your seed, through you as the, the people of God, I will. I am one day going to bring uh, this a Savior, a Redeemer, uh, a Messiah, who will effect, who will bring into effect. Uh, the redemptive plan of God, which is based on substitutionary atonement. Someone would pay the price of our sin. The penalty of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sins, it shall die. Uh, all through the scriptures, the consequences of rebelling and sinning against God is spiritual death. It doesn't mean just physical death. <clears throat> the idea of death in the scriptures is separation. 
It's relational. It's a relational term. Like if I were to die physically tonight, soapy dollar just keels over and dies. What happens? The spirit, the soul, the non-physical part of soapy dollar separates from the body, and we have a dead body. So the the idea of death has that idea in that in in the day that we sin, Adam Adam and Eve were told by God, you will die uh, because of sin. It's sin. Uh, God is a holy, righteous. God and sin has a consequence. Uh, But from the very beginning, uh, even from before the beginning, uh, God had a plan for those who may fall, whether it's Adam and Eve or maybe their grandchild or anyone down the line. For those who did fall into sin and its consequences, God had already had in place a plan of redemption to rebuy, to purchase them back, to buy and, and earn their forgiveness, and it's based on one who would come, who would live out perfectly the commands and laws of God, and then he who knew no sin would become sin for us. And that was all prefigured in all of the imagery, so much of the imagery of the Old Testament, the the the, the temple, the synagogue. I mean, the the tabernacle, the um, what what else can I say? The uh, the sacrificial system, the priesthood, all of these systems and processes that were given to the people of Israel, it prefigures and is, it pictures this process of redemption based on substitutionary atonement. Uh, and so we see that carried out all through those 39 books of the Hebrew Scriptures, um, through the times of, of uh, Abraham uh, and the patriarchs and then into the time of the judges, uh, 350 years or so of the judges, and then the time of the kings, uh, Saul, then David, then Solomon, and then the kingdom divided under Jeroboam and and um, uh, Jeroboam and and, and uh, Rehoboam, and <clears throat> the ten tribes in the north split off. There was a civil uh, <clears throat> war or separation. <clears throat> then you have the years of the kingdom divided. Uh, the the northern tribes, ten of them in the southern tribes, Judah is called Israel, the northern tribes, and Judah in the south. Uh, then we have uh, the destruction of Israel in the north, 722 B.C., by the nation of Assyria with their capital in Nineveh to the north of Israel. And then in 586, about 135 years later, uh, and this is what we've been reading about recently. Nebuchadnezzar comes down and destroys Jerusalem and the temple, and uh, the nation is taken into exile, 70 years of exile in Babylon. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that was the time. And the, the prophet Ezekiel, whose book we are reading uh, presently in our reading schedule. Now, I'm just giving you all of this background because we, we go through every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible every year. We give you a chance to actually hear. I have recorded the New Living Translation, a beautiful, powerful, very clear and understandable um, modern version, a translation, not a paraphrase, of the Scriptures. And uh, that gives you a chance to hear the Scriptures, 15 to 20-minute reading every weekday, Monday through Friday, and then uh, the entire Bible every year. Uh, so that's what we do. It used to be on the red. On, uh, you read the Bible on the radio, but we moved that to the website about five or six years ago. The Bible Live dot com. The Bible Live dot com is where you can go, and every week you can check in there. Click on that opening that front that first page, 
that you come to when you go to your computer, your your smartphone, whatever instrument you use uh, to navigate on the web. You go to thebiblelive.com. You click on the, that the first that week's readings is right there on the first page. If you want to go back further and hear another reading from back from further back, or even oh, well, I guess we couldn't go in the future. But si- <laughs> since we go around the circle, Bible, but <laughs> yeah, since we go around in a circle, you can actually go in, in the future as well because yeah. we read uh, the same uh, Bible every year. And so uh, that's our schedule. And if you'd like to do that and join with us, those who are listening for the first time, you could go to thebiblelive.com. And we are right now reading the books of Ezekiel and Daniel. We have read all of the Old Testament up to that point and all of the New Testament up through the book of Hebrews. We're going to finish up Ezekiel and Daniel. Then we'll go back and pick up at the uh, epistle of James, 1st and 2nd. Peter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Jude. Uh, We'll go and finish those in the New Testament. Then we'll come back to the Hebrew Scriptures and pick up with the minor prophets, uh, Amos, Obadiah, Nahum, Micah, Nahum, Amos, Obadiah, all of them. (laughs) And so this evening on Sundays is the chance to just review and go over what we have learned the week uh, before and in that book, and then to call in. And, and share some ideas. Give us some comments. Yeah. Give us some of your thoughts about mm-hmm. uh, the passages that we've read and answer a few questions. Now, we've got some questions, 30 or 40 questions every week, every weekend, and we try to ask questions from our readings this past week. So that means from Ezekiel chapter 22 to chapter 40, we have uh, taken out some questions that you could Answer and we have a, a great prize for you this this evening. Uh, do you know that we're going to do this? Okay, he knows now. I've just informed John that he's going to have to write down now the names of our callers tonight, and then we will have a drawing at the end of our hour, and we'll give you a brand new New Living Translation Study Bible, a, a great, great book. And so we're going to do that tonight. If you'd like to give us a call during the hour, we're going to ask, put up some questions. Or maybe you'd just like to call and share an insight or a thought that you have about the Scriptures, something that is meaningful to you, what the Bible has meant in your own life. Uh, we'd love to have you give us a thought, to give us a, maybe a, an experience that you've had with the Scriptures and what a contribution they have made to your life, something meaningful that you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is 210 210- Three four zero ninety five eighty five, and for the next uh, what seventy five minutes, we're going to be taking your phone calls two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. I'll try to keep that number out in front of you uh, <clears throat> throughout the program, so you can give us a call. Let's get out a couple of questions uh, just for them. What do you think, Stacy? Sure. Is, is that yeah. a good idea? So again, we're in Ezekiel, <clears throat> and this was the second um, half of Ezekiel. So. We're in Ezekiel's chapter 22 through 40. Mm-hmm. And so if you've listened and you know the answer just by memory, you can call quicker. Um, but, of course, feel free to just, if you're at a place, you know, open up your Bible and take a look and see if you ha- can find the answer. And by the way, I, I better mention this as well. When you go to the website, thebiblelive.com, uh, go to the Sunday Night Quiz Show, and if you go there... You, all of the questions are listed there mm-hmm. all week long. So they make, a, they make a wonderful study guide for you to kind of review the information you've 
heard as we've listened through the Bible together. Uh, and, of course, they ask these, we use these same questions for the quiz show. And uh, you can know the answers and have a little bit of a head start <laughs> on getting these the prizes. All right. So uh, just so you know, the questions are listed there. Every week there will be a different group of questions that kind of provide a study guide and a study aid to you as you uh, listen to and experience uh, our way through the scriptures every year. So anyway, say so, sorry to yeah, interrupt yeah, there, but okay. we have some two questions from the Psalms. Uh, each one of the readings that I've list, I've told you about, they have a reading from the Psalms and the Proverbs separate from the narrative reading from the other books of the Bible. We call it our wisdom and worship segment. And so we read the Psalms and Proverbs with an idea of uh, uh, gathering and gleaning some of the wisdom of, of uh, the Psalms and Proverbs, but also a worship, because often the Psalms and the Proverbs have great motive. They focus on the character, the attributes of God, and they lead us to a sense of worship and admiration uh, of the Creator. So we call it our wisdom and worship segment. I do have two questions <clears throat> I'm going to ask you from Psalm 119, that's the psalm that we are in right now. It happens to be the longest psalm in the, in the Bible, 150 verses. And very, very unusual. Almost every verse in Psalm 119 has to do with the Scriptures. It is a, it is a psalm that celebrates uh, the, the, the laws of God, the the uh, all the different names for the laws of God, um, commands, mandates, a uh, bunch of different words that it uses for the laws of for God's word, and so Psalm 119. <clears throat> uh, I did I say 150 verses? I don't. I don't. I, it, let, let me get the right number to you. It's <laughs> 150, 150 psalms. Verse 166, 67. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw that and, and I realized the, yeah. I had misspoke. Uh, the Psalms. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the question. So according okay, to do Psalm that, 119, 167, how does one grow best? How does one grow to love God's decrees? There's so a there word for yep, the laws, the decrees. decrees. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So that's the first one. And I'm going to go ahead and read out the second one as well. In Psalm 120, it begins the journey uh, from uh, to Jerusalem, from a distant land, surrounded by hostile people who hate peace. What lesson does this teach God's people in this world today? You know, I, I, I said I just made a mistake. Yeah. It's the kind of mistake I like to make. I thought I was wrong, but I wasn't. <laughs> there are 150 psalms. Uh, I, I got that confused with the number of verses in Psalm 119. Oh, there we go. There's 100. Uh, there are more than I've forgotten how many verses there are, but there are more. Uh, there are 150 psalms, though. So um, we are into Psalm 119, and I've, we've just given you one. How does one grow to love God's laws, God's decrees? Mm -hmm. Uh, the answer is a little surprising, I think. And then I wanted to mention that we we read on into the Psalm 120. The Psalms 120 to 134, there are 14 psalms. <laughs> Our music is coming up, I guess. Is that right? No. Our, there, are 100, there are 14 psalms that are called um, pilgrim songs or songs of ascent. Mm -hmm. Uh, and these were so psalms or songs that were written for the worshipers 
the pilgrims, as they made their way to Jerusalem and to the temple, there were three national festival days. Uh, and and uh, people would often make the journey to the temple and to Jerusalem to uh, to celebrate the Day of Atonement, uh, Yom Kippur, and uh, for, uh, gotten the, I've forgotten the other. So, but I'll, 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 maybe someone can remind me of that one. Okay, but as people made their way on these pilgrimages to Jerusalem, they would sing. They would quite often sing or recite these pilgrim psalms, and these are Psalms one twenty through one thirty four. And <clears throat> Psalm 120 is the first of the pilgrim songs, psalms, and it begins the journey to Jerusalem from a distant land surrounded by hostile people who hate peace. That's, that's the context of Psalm 120. So what lesson does that psalm teach God's people today in this world? What lesson can we glean and get from Psalm 120 uh, it begins the journey, the pilgrimage journey to Jerusalem from a distant land surrounded by hostile people who hate peace. That's actually the text uh, of Psalm 120. Mm-hmm. What lesson can we glean today uh, as the people of God living in the world today? What what lesson would you get out of that? So well, those are two questions from the Psalms, Psalm 119 and Psalm 120. The, we want to give a question or two or three from... From the um, book of Ezekiel? Sure, yeah, let's do it. Do you have one chosen, or do you want me to grab one? Um, uh, well, <clears throat> let's see. You, you go ahead and grab one. I think um, I'll take number one. All right. I'll That's start it, start, start with start. one. <laughs> talking about Israel's... Uh, by the way, just before we get in, remember we're talking about Ezekiel, who is a, mm-hmm. a prophet. Uh, he's a Levite, a priest... Uh, in the in the temple, but when Nebuchadnezzar came and uh, attacked Jerusalem in 605 BC, again in 597 BC, and then again in 586 BC, which was the year that he, their army set a 13 month siege and destroyed the mm-hmm. the city and the and the temple in 586 BC. But Ezekiel was a young man, a young uh, priest. Uh, Levite, who was taken in that second group in 597 B.C. He was taken probably at the age of 25 or so, <clears throat> and he is taken over into Babylon uh, as a, an exile. And there he, re, the call of God on his life calls him, he senses the, God calling him to, to announce, to be a prophet, to be a preacher to the people of Israel there in Babylon. And so Ezekiel, and he's a street, a street preacher. He, uh, he uses um, theater. He uses drama. He uses song and music. He uses, uh, um, does little skits and things uh, on the streets to the people. And he is preaching essentially the same messages of uh, call to repentance and so on as, as Jeremiah over in, over in um Jerusalem. So Ezekiel is over there, and so about how many people would you have <clears throat> settled in that area uh, in Babylon? About four to. It's hard. It's hard to say really. I, I think about four to six thousand went with the first group in in six oh five, and then about about ten thousand 
it's I had read one source that said maybe about 10,000. Maybe that was the total that were over there. So maybe another 4,000 because I was thinking 4,000 went in 597. Okay. Uh, so that would be a total about of about 10,000. 10, so Ezekiel is speaking <clears throat> and preaching to, to about 10,000 A colony people. of those exiles. Mm-hmm. Now, a number of them had been, t- like Daniel, like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, others, they, they would took out the intelligentsia. They mm-hmm. took out the, 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 those that were in the royal lineage in Jerusalem uh, of David, mm-hmm. they took, which Daniel was and, and so on. They took them out, that first group, and they, many of them were put into government service. Service, mm-hmm. serving uh, uh, the emperors of, of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, then, but then Ezekiel was preaching now to the, the people of Israel there in the land. And he says, talking about the civic and spiritual leaders of Israel, uh, specifically those back in, still back in Israel, God says that when he searched for someone to rebuild the walls of righteousness for the nation or stand in the gap for the people, he only found how many? How many? This uh, reminds me of Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to find. Uh, okay, so how many did he find amongst who this. could mm-hmm. who could rebuild the walls of righteousness and stand in the gap for the people? And this so is that's our first question. Spiritual leaders. Yeah. yeah. Spirit, among the spiritual, civic and spiritual leaders of the nation. Mm. We'll come back and continue now to starting. We've already discussed chapters 1 through 2022. 20, we may review just a bit, but we're going to pick up there now and cover the chapters uh, of Ezekiel, which, which has an exciting series of, of examples, of messages, and it ends with this wonderful message about the Valley of Dry Bones. And you'll want to hear that one for sure. So don't go away. The Bible Live will return in mere moments. The angels Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him for His thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to His temple draw You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Praise to the Lord who wore all things so wondrously reigned. Shelters the under his wings, yes, so gently sustained. All right. Hast thou not seen? 
John, you find such great music. I'm Every tempted time. to just keep listening. I know. You don't <laughs> oh, us. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather hear that than me, uh, for sure. We are back, and what a great piece of music, because essentially that talks about what we're going to um, be talking about tonight. Yeah. One of the great characteristics of the book of Ezekiel comes toward the end of the book. We, we won't exactly get into the details of it tonight. Uh, it'll be this coming week. But we'll get into the details of the, this temple, Ezekiel's Temple. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is it's starting in about chapter 30, what, 30, 37, 38, just after this incredible sermon about the uh, Valley of, of Dry Bones. Mm-hmm. After that, we get into this picture of a new temple, the restoration of God's people from exile. You know, they're going to be restored back into Israel. And Mm -hmm. uh, so he gets in this temple. And and one of the great mysteries of the book of Ezekiel is what is that temple? What is it supposed to mean? It's It's highly idealized. Uh, in fact, is it even describes the whole? It, it one place, on one point, it even occupies the whole nation. Mm-hmm. The temple mm-hmm. right. covers the whole land of Israel. Right. Uh, but, but it's kind of an idealized view, both of Israel and of the temple, and uh, it, it's described in great detail, many chapters, mm-hmm. and, and yet, it, I've never really read anything that can entirely, totally definitive about what does it mean? What is the idea? We can talk about it. Maybe you have a thought about that. You can always give us a call, 210-340-9585. Anyone calling in this evening, we're going to take down your name and phone number, and we're going to uh, have a drawing at the end of this program for a brand-new copy of the beautiful and very, very well um Laid out and thoughtful. And, oh, yeah. It's got all the study notes of, yeah. the, of the New Living Translation. Historical it's really great. It yeah. really is. So you'll love getting it. So give us a call tonight, and you'll put your name in the drawing and let you uh, maybe be the winner of that uh, brand-new Bible. So uh, our phone number is 210-340-9585. 210 9585. And speaking of our phone number, we already have our first call tonight. Yes. His name is Harold, and Hi, Harold, Harold is calling in from somewhere. Hi, how are you guys? Good. How you guys doing? I'm calling in from San Antonio. Right here that's, in the city, that's huh? That's great. <laughs> yes, I'm right here in the city. You know, there's a couple of things. Well, first of all, you were talking about Ezekiel and the temple, and what does all that mean? You haven't had it described, or you can't find it, read it somewhere. But I learned a while back, if you read the dimensions uh-huh. of the third temple, and it's something to do with the Ark of the Covenant and the poles that held up the Ark, would actually, the dimensions aren't, the temple's not made big enough to hold those poles, and the poles are stretching out mm. past the windows or past the curtains. So the idea, yes, well, yes. So the idea is, uh, from what I'm learning, is that you got the temple here on earth, and then you have reaches to the spiritual temple in heaven, or maybe not temple, but it reaches to the to the other side, you know, heaven. That right. that, that that that's supposed to be something about that. But you were also, and there's something I really have to say. I talked to my mother this week, 
And I told mom, you know, she always wants to hear about the Soapy Power Show. She's 86, and she has the oxygen holds on and stuff like that now. But she says she's doing good. And oh, so I told her I so talked to you for a little while. Uh huh. And the daughter. And uh, you know, I almost had a daughter once. Uh, anyway, I get back to that. She, uh, well, Dana had a miscarriage back then. Oh. Yeah, uh, before my son was born. Uh-huh. But anyway, so. Um, so what I was trying to say, I told her about most of the things that I could remember. And then I told her, you know, I told Sophie, I'm old enough to say anything I want. And mama said, you're never old enough to say anything you want to. You cannot say whatever you want. If it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, this and that, you're overstepping. I told mama, I said, good grief. I'm going to have to. I've had a long wait waiting for this <laughs> show to start. And then it started two hours early, I think, or yes, something. Yes, right, and, exactly. And something incredible is uh, you had said you're going to be soon in the book of James. Uh-huh. And I remember Pastor Kemp, and actually, James chapter 1, James must know where the 12 tribes are because he it says James, the servant to the 12 of, tri- yeah. of the Lord. Yeah, to the 12 tribes, which are scattered. Greetings. He's talking to someone, so the answer is there. But I wanted to say something about Pastor Kemp uh, here in San Antonio and the Out Baptist Church. Uh-huh. You know, I was adopted there a few years ago, and he had a fantastic sermon on this James. And actually, chapter James chapter 1, verse 2. And I'm going to read from his Bible. He loves the King James Bible. And when I go there for a Bible study, I'm on my best behavior, and I take my King James Bible. You take Bible. King so, James, of course. If it's good I, enough I for better. Jesus, it's good enough for us, right? <laughs> amen, amen. Yeah, so it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So the way he explained that, no kind of like, not no matter, but whatever troubles we're going through, whatever things were just seemed to think we can't handle, there is some joy in between those uh, places. But anyway, thanks. Thanks for letting me talk and, uh, I mean, call and answer my call. Oh, you and, bet, Harold. We're know, always glad to hear from you. Let me ask you another question here based on that yeah, passage yeah. from the book of James. Yeah. Uh, how would we apply that, for example, that pr- that spiritual principle to the people of Israel, who, who, who let's say these 10,000 Israelites who have been uh, who have been kidnapped from their country and their homes and their families mm-hmm. and taken over by force into Babylon. Um, uh, and now they're supposed to, uh, according to that spiritual principle, and I believe that the prophets were saying the same thing, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, mm-hmm. that if we know God, we're trusting God, we can rest in him and, and we can find peace and we can find joy, even even though we're out of our we've been taken 800 miles away into exile into a foreign land and so on uh god is still with you and that was the whole purpose of the first vision was the the wheel this incredible vision that ezekiel had of the wheel within the wheel and the four living beings Mm -hmm. and so on the idea is that not you know just because you're out of israel out of the land the country of israel or out away from the temple it doesn't mean god is not here with you still and so he was delivering that message to them uh kind of take that passage from james and apply it to the people of israel who are 
who are now in exile, or maybe even better to God's people today who are in exile in the land of COVID-19. <laughs> what can we learn? Well, those people in exile in COVID-19 have got it egg compared to the people back then, you know, that, but, uh, I mean, that's what I believe. Uh-huh. And, you know, we got air conditioner lights and everything and a headache. Good grief. True. But, you know, the the Jewish people, uh, they they had a temple, but they didn't have to have a temple for their beliefs or their mm-hmm. religion. They've, they've always done their, I don't want to say always, but it started at the home, and it stays at the home. And there's something to say about that, because during this covid uh, I didn't notice anything really different as far as religious, as far as, you know, lighting candles on Shabbat or anything like that. I mean, everything was still pretty much routine. And I just imagine for the Jewish people around the world, I'm sure some a lot go to a temple, uh, you know, a lot maybe don't go to a temple. You know, the temples, you know, for marriages and uh-huh. people getting together and stuff like that. But... Um, but I think the people back then in exile, uh, I do think they had the memory of of where they came from, the memory of the stories. And believe me, when you start to lose something, you start remembering stuff real quick. Yeah. And uh, that's what sustains you. And, you know, I was saying last week about abortion and stuff like that. But, you know, I wanted to say, uh, you know, my son was born in 94, but about two years before we were trying to have a baby and in in our hearts she was pregnant with a baby girl mm. and it just it just it was a baby girl her name was abigail grace campbell it's a beautiful name yeah and so in my mind she's in heaven in my mind uh-huh. i don't remember the the weeks that you know she was pregnant with so People that may have a miscarriage or something like that. Here I am, 60, how old am I, Sophie? Almost 67. 39 this happened years ago. <laughs> and this is still something that's, that's real. I don't dwell on it. We mm-hmm. don't dwell on it. We have our son. But we did experience a loss. And, you know, I painted I painted her dresser. Oh. You know, that's what I do. Oh. But anyway, um, I can go on and on. But, you know, I wanted to say Pastor Kemp over there at Antioch Baptist Church, he had a great sermon on this uh James and I'm so glad I was there to hear it. And yeah. I mean, if you ever if you ever get a chance to go to hear Pastor Kemp, or it, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm I think he's one of the best preachers in town. I mean, That's around here. and we've got some great ones here in our yeah. city. We surely do. Thank you for calling. Yeah, we in. do. We appreciate hearing All from right, you, Harold. Harold. I mean, okay, Sophie. Thanks a lot. Uh huh. That reminds me of um, the answer to that Psalm 120. Yes, it does. I was thinking the same All thing. Right. Remember the question we ask. Uh, it begins the journey, the, these these pilgrim psalms, and this is the first of 14, Psalm 120 through 134. It begins the journey to Jerusalem, the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, from a distant land surrounded by hostile people who hate peace. What lesson would this teach God's people today, in our world today? And I was thinking we might as well go ahead and answer that question. We've got plenty of questions to ask. You well, want to answer sure. it? Sure, and of course it also it hits on the same theme of exile, which is Ezekiel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the people, they're away from their temple, away in, in your sweet, wonderful message of God is with you. God is still with you. And what Ezekiel was telling the people and what his visions were, of uh, you know the glory of God leaving the temple, which which is sad and crushing, but at the same time, 
they had left the temple. And so um, there's an um, affirmation that well, this, this world is not our home. <laughs> this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. That's my it. treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that old that old hymn. Uh, this world is not our home, and we need to. And James brings that out. You know, right. we're we're looking for a city not built with hands. Uh, others bring that out as well. I think Peter as well, and others. And that's one thing that we have to realize and understand as God's people that this is not our ultimate home and. Uh, we have a purpose here. We're to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. We're, we have a, a covenant with God. To, we're God's people. He wants to use us as an instrument of blessing and hope uh, to others who have not yet found that relationship with God. And he wants to, us to enjoy him and glorify his name and enjoy the blessings of living our lives with him. Uh, but ultimately, we are bound for a, a promised land, it just says the people world, of Israel. But we're not of it. And that also kind of um, goes into the theme of this, uh, the spiritual and the physical. So the physical us, the bones of us, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. hard, the homes, our, home, our physical homes, but then also this uh, spiritual and 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 that's something that I think we are spiritual beings. We are, and God, give, taking a heart of stone and giving us a heart of flesh, um, mm, or mm. A, an alive, a spiritual, an eternal. Um, and the you know, and this I think, which of course the Valley of, of Dry Bones, and this idea of God taking what is the physical and that actually dying, and it mm-hmm, will die, mm-hmm. and giving in place though. Uh, and eternal, and I think that that's that's something that I mean. You were talking a little bit about yeah. polls and stuff before we began, and mm-hmm. and things that even Christians and Christians that are polled, some of the understanding and the misunderstandings or the things that we struggle with getting right. Um, the Holy Spirit came up, um, mm-hmm. and I think in general we sometimes have a, that. If ever there was a, gla- a, a shadow land or a you know, seeing through a glass uh, darkly, darkly, as the book of Corinthians, yes, uh-huh. uh, First Corinthians twelve. It would maybe have to do with understanding that spiritual process and that spiritual life that is mm-hmm. that we're as believers, hopefully, growing more and more into, um, and understanding the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And you know, even in this time, what is the work? It's not as if the Holy Spirit didn't exist in Ezekiel's time. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's alive mm-hmm. and active mm-hmm. and full and what is he doing and how is he moving in this God's spirit in, in Ezekiel's time and in ours now? Um, I don't know. Well, he's comforting them. I mean, remember yeah. the Holy Spirit in, in the New Testament, we come to know with the title, the comforter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's comforting, he's teaching, he's guiding, he's drawing people to God. He's using them clearly. I mean, you look at the impact da- Daniel alone, as we get into the book of Daniel after Ezekiel, and even Ezekiel here, but mm-hmm. he is using his people. He's using them mightily, mm-hmm. not only to to encourage the faithful there, but also even to influence the world. Right. Uh, Daniel was a a, a counselor, a, a trusted, valued counselor to five emperors yeah. over a period of about sixty years. Daniel was incredibly influential, and. Um, so we see uh, uh, everything you said there is absolutely true. Yeah. That, uh, that 
it, the idea is that the the uh, the scriptures are to teach that this world is not our home. We're, we're just a passing through. It doesn't mean that this world is useless or or without meaning, without significance. Uh, no, actually, this world has tremendous significance and beauty and potential and possibilities for us, particularly as we see it as as the entree, as the foyer, foyer as we might say, the entry point for eternity. Mm-hmm. The eternal trumps the temporal, no doubt about it. The spiritual is greater, more powerful than the physical. Both physical and the temporal are important, mm-hmm. but it's especially important in light of the eternal, right. in light of the spiritual. I love that. Um, another story, I was, it's a Lewis, but it reminds me of his idea of the higher up, farther in, the, yeah. um, in, in this world, in the flesh, in the, in the physical, you know, the world is greater, bigger than the country. The country is greater, bigger than the city. The city is greater than, bigger than the neighborhood, the neighborhood is greater than, bigger than the house. And the further in you go, the smaller things get. A room and a house is smaller than, you know, the, mm-hmm. and, and then ultimately you yourself and inside, you, or, you know, you're, mm-hmm. well, in, in the spiritual, it's the other way around. And so the further in, the bigger it is than what you just came from, which I yeah. just think is bigger, <laughs> grander, greater. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, a lot of things I, about we learn from the scriptures. A lot of things about the spiritual world, about heaven and so on, uh, are so much. They're so far beyond our mere physical, worldly understanding and comprehension that. That, that we do, we we try to kind of think of heaven in more earthly terms. But it, uh, it what does Paul say? I has not seen, nor is ear heard the wonders that God has prepared for those that love Him. Yeah. It, it just, it, you're right. It just gets bigger and bigger <laughs> and greater and greater. And um, oh, it, it is it is marvelous. Well, anyway, we we got that question. We do have another question for you. How does one grow to love God's laws? According to Psalm one hundred nineteen, verse one sixty seven. You know, maybe you've wondered. You know, I I don't know if I love God's laws. I don't know if I love God's word. How do I? How do you do that? Well, Psalm one hundred nineteen, verse one sixty seven tells us how we grow to love God's decrees. And then uh, I'll leave that one out there because uh, it's kind of a surprising answer, a little bit, I guess. Talking about Israel's uh, civic and spiritual leaders in chapter 22 of Ezekiel, God says that when he searched for someone to rebuild the walls of righteousness, not just the physical walls around Jerusalem, but the walls of righteousness around the nation, and someone who would stand in the gap, interceding for the people and praying for and ministering to the people, stand in the gap for the people, he found how many? He only found how many? That's found in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. If you want to give us the answer to that question, 210-340-9585. And if you give us the answer, we'll put your name in the drawing for a brand new copy of the New Living Translation Study Bible. It's a great addition uh, of the scriptures that you will be a great asset to your own study and your own growth in God's word. So tell us, before we ask this next question, can you give a quick layout um, of what is happening with Egypt and Tyre? 
at this time. And so good. Okay. Yeah, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, of course, has they uh, conquered uh, Nineveh, and the Babylonian Empire conquered Nineveh with its Assyrian uh, 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 of Assyria, mm-hmm. capital of Assyria. Uh, I believe that I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the date of that off the top of my head, um, but it was uh, uh, of course. That time. Then now they they have been reigning about 10 or 15 years from Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar did that conquering, and the question is, what's going on with Egypt now? Egypt uh, down to the south of 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 Israel, and by the way, Israel, if you remember, was strategically chosen, selected by God. He told Abraham centuries earlier, I'm going to call you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans. I'm going to call you away from your family, away from the security of your family. And I'm going to take you to a land you don't even know about. You don't even know where it is. And and, and Abraham had faith, we understand, and he had faith in God. And he left his home and family to, to trust in God and walk with God. And God took him to this little piece of real estate we call Israel. Even today, here uh, thousands of years later, uh, we're uh, that little land called Israel. Now, it was strategically chosen because it was right in the center center of the the next five or six great world empires that were going to rise up in the next thousands of years. Around well, there are many reasons, and Soapy Dollar isn't going to be able to tell you all the reasons <laughs> God does anything. But we're told that it was also a point of judgment for the people of Canaan because of their sin and wickedness and violence and immorality and corruption, and in, and also, but the, for them, it was to place them there as that they, they could be a witness to the true and living God to the nations of the world around them. And so they would play, and that if they would do that faithfully and and live for God and trust God and obey God and and not adopt the ways of the God, of the people around them, but be an influence on those nations, and at times they did, most of the times they didn't. And, of course, we're looking at a time right now when they totally gave up and they they were not influencing the nations around them so much as the nations of the around them were influencing them with idol worship and corruption and immorality and uh, child infanticide and you know sacrificing children to other gods and idols and I mean they had adopted they had adopted the the mannerisms of the world around them uh, instead of them being an influence and salt and light in their world and for that reason God had already told them they would be exiled they be they would be um, uh, punished. For that, now, um, what was the question? I forgot, Stace. Well, we're about to go to a race. Yeah. The, the question. Well, let's read the question. Is uh-huh. why was Tyre, the capital city of Phoenicia, so difficult to attack and conquer? Okay, you were talking about. <laughs> so Egypt, yeah. down to the south, was the next country that fell right after Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem. He had a battle with um, uh, with Egypt up at. Entire of Sidon, and and they and the nation of Israel had signed a a treaty, a peace treaty, or a mutual assistance treaty with Egypt, thinking that Egypt would help them right. uh, escape Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Babylon. As it turns out, <laughs> both Jeremiah and Ezekiel told them, "Don't do that, because Nebuchadnezzar is going, also going to destroy Egypt," right, right. which he did. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's another prophecy come true that we so can put a check mark by it. To me, it's just so interesting how these 
you know, how the physical world and the nations and the politicking and the religions of the time, you know, it's, it's so similar. We still do it. It's still <laughs> happening today and how God is working and using, bringing about exactly what he says he's going to do. He does. It's really, uh, it's. Yeah, it's one of the great lessons as we so go biblical. through the scriptures uh, going about the sovereignty. That's one of the key words that, that Ezekiel uses mm-hmm. for God, um, Adonai Yahweh, mm-hmm. which means sovereign Lord, mm-hmm. my sovereign, that he is in control of history. History is his story, as they say, right? Well, we there's our music. We're going to come back for our final segment. We're talking about the book of Ezekiel tonight, uh, hoping that you will give us a call and answer some of our questions, 210-340-9585. Don't go away. This is The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dow. Best without a doubt. It really that is hard great. to come back, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't even have Turn to. That back that's, up. that's it, folks. That was the uh, book of Ezekiel <laughs> in a nutshell. Oh, that's, fun. that's great. Great. Well, we are back. We are talking about the book of Ezekiel. We've got one more segment to get through it. We always get behind uh, so many little deals, beautiful details. Yeah. We were talking. I want to ask, put another question out there for you uh, just quickly. Before we, uh, let me see, um, we have a question that says, talk about Isra- talking about Israel's civic and spiritual leaders, God says that when he searched for someone to rebuild the walls of righteousness around uh, Israel or, sta- or Jerusalem and sta- or stand in the gap for the people, how many did he found- find? Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. He looked for a leader. He looked for someone he could use to stand in the gap and to be an instrument of salvation for the nation. And how many did he find? It found in chapter 22, verse 30 of Ezekiel. If you'd like to give us a call, the phone number is 210-340-9585. Now, let's see here. I want to give one other question. Uh, when Ezekiel's wife died, what unusual command did God give to Ezekiel 
and what did it mean for his fellow exiles in Babylon? That's chapter 24, verses 20 through 24. His wife died, and God gave him a, a actually a little bit of an unusual uh, instructions. Uh, so what was it that he was told uh, to do or not to do uh, at the on the occasion of Ezekiel's the death of Ezekiel's wife. Now let's go to this. We were building up to talking a little bit about this city. There, there actually there were twin cities, Tyre and Sidon. Uh, they're sometimes put together. They were the ancient capitals of Phoenicia, and even before that, the Aramean, uh, the Aramean Empire that, that up in the north, up to the northwest of Israel. But Tyre and Tyre and Sidon were very powerful city states. Uh, in particular, Tyre was very powerful, very wealthy because of their uh, sea lanes and uh, their commerce uh, as they were masters of the sea there on the on the uh, shores of the Mediterranean Sea. Tyre was a very unusual city in that half of the city was on the mainland and the other half of the city was out in the Mediterranean, a mile offshore. And so they were very hard to conquer, defeat. That added to their uh, their strength, uh, beca- particularly because of their naval mm-hmm. strength, uh, the shipping that they they controlled, the shipping lanes. And so Tyre was um, a very a great uh, city state, a great power. But Ezekiel predicts uh, that they would be utterly destroyed. And never rebuilt, interestingly enough. Uh, and so that was, it was uh, in chapter 26, uh, uh, Ezekiel makes this, he begins to address the nation of Tyre, and he tells them that they're going to be destroyed. Now, just in case, I just want to make it, uh, ask the question. Let me see if I can say, uh, how can I ask the question? Okay. It said that uh, it would be destroyed and, and would never be rebuilt. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was tried to do this. He uh, attacked he after the siege of Jerusalem in 586. He laid a 15-year siege to Tyre and, and was un, still unsuccessful. He defeated the mainland city of Tyre. But they were never able to take the, the other half of the city out in the Mediterranean. My question to you was, was Ezekiel's prophecy about Tyre fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Okay. And how was it fulfilled? <laughs> so I'm going to answer the question. Yes, it was fulfilled. <laughs> but how, how was, was Tyre ultimately destroyed and never rebuilt? Who who? did that. Can you give me the answer to that question? Give us a phone call 210-340-9585. Now also in that context in chapter 28 of Ezekiel, we have one of the two passages in the Hebrew scriptures, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, that uh, speaks to the person of Satan. The devil, uh, and it's one of the two passages that tell us uh, that 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 we gather the information that Satan was in his prior existence, before he became Satan, 
uh, he was an angel of God. He was an archangel. Uh, one of the Michael, the uh, warrior, you have Ga- uh, Gabriel, the messenger, and then you have here uh, Lucifer, son of the morning, who was uh, who was a kind of a personal attache. He was a personal attendant to God around the throne of God. Uh, the idea is kind of gleaned is that he uh, he headed up and organized the worship around the throne of God. Um, a beautiful creature, we're told, and is uh, here in the book of, of Ezekiel. Uh, a, a beautiful creature, full of, but he something he, sin was found in him, and he rebelled against God, and he was cast from God's presence and became uh, the Satan, this this spiritual being that that God uses still. He is not God's opposite. He's not God's equal. Uh, God uses him. Um, uh, he is He is a defeated foe. He will be utterly destroyed. Uh, ultimately, we learn from Scripture. But in, in the meanwhile, he, is, uh, he has a certain power and authority and influence in this earthly realm. And um, to... Uh, to resist God and God's people and God's redemptive plan. So we have that. I, I want to ask you, who finished the job on the nation of Tyre? Because what happens, Ezekiel starts talking to the emperor of Tyre. Right. He, he starts telling him about, and right. then he says, then in the context of his sermon in chapter 28, he noticeably stops talking about an earthly being, an earthly emperor, and he clearly is talking about a spiritual being, a spiritual power. And and so that's where we get the idea that the, he is giving us information about, about Satan himself. What was Satan's sin? What, what was his... What was the source of his sin uh, that, for the reason for which he was uh, cast from God's presence? What was Lucifer's sin yeah. before he, that caused him to be cast? Is that a question? Is that an official That's a question, question? that All I right. want folks to call in about. Right. 210-340-9585. Uh, the same thing, Jerome, um, no, Isaiah. Isaiah taught the same principle, but he talked about another, a different um Mm-hmm. A, a different, well, he said the same thing. He was talking about a different emperor. He was talking about Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian Empire. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so it is same sermon, but yeah. different, using different people yeah. as examples. Mm-hmm. And when I think, it, um, you know, a sovereign Lord, Ezekiel, talking about God and bringing in these surrounding nations and his message always was never just for Israel. If God is God, right, he always. is God of all creation. All the nations. All the yeah. nations. He's working and using he's using Israel uniquely as the people group through which the bloodline of mm-hmm. the Messiah will come. But God's mm-hmm. justice and his love is 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 equal amongst yeah. all oh, the yeah. nations. Oh yeah, and so many people mm-hmm. From other nation groups, uh, Assyria, Edom, all the Egypt, others, there were believers in Egypt, and they right. became part of Israel, right. part of the people right. of God. And God, but God's judgment fell on Egypt. God's judgment fell on God's judgment fell on Israel. Mm-hmm. In terms of the the 
I always like that, you know, at the foot of And on Babylon, yes, by the way. <laughs> I always like that all is level at the foot of the cross, right? <laughs> right exactly. Uh, all is level when it comes to God's sovereignty. We are not God, he is. <laughs> that is, you know, that is that is an eternal truth. It is exactly and he he does all things well. Let's go to our phone call. We have Alan on the phone calling Alan. in tonight. Alan, I'm so glad you called. I appreciate you calling. We give you a chance to win this beautiful New Living Translation Bible. I, um, I wish you well on that, <laughs> on our drawing coming up here right now. Uh, but but I'm guessing you might have wanted to either answer a question or had a thought on your mind about uh, the book of Ezekiel and what maybe we're talking about tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? I hear you just fine. Loud and, loud and clear all across South Texas, Alan. I uh, want to answer one of your questions. Okay. Ezekiel 2230. All right. How many people did, when God says, I was searching for, uh, among the civic and spiritual leaders of Israel, I was searching for someone to rebuild the walls of righteousness around this, this uh, Jerusalem or stand in the gap for the people, he only found how many people? He found no one. No one. That is verbatim the answer, actually. On the, that is, the, that no is such a sad Mm-hmm. I even it makes me sad to even say it. Yeah. No one was found. Yeah. Yeah, no one. Was, um, yeah, it's very I interesting. I have a question. Uh huh. I I just uh, created a uh, uh, you I created a home page for your website and and when you do your your uh, your Bible, is it? Can I just? Go on and, and listen to it any time during the day. Oh yeah, that's the advantage uh, of, of the website being on the web is that it, you can go anytime. With the the reading for the current day, for example, uh, tomorrow's reading will be uh, from Ezekiel chapter forty-one, I believe is where it starts. Mm-hmm. We'll read Ezekiel on Monday and Tuesday, and on Wednesday we'll go right on into the book of Daniel. But that will start be available at three o'clock in the morning tonight okay the reading for tomorrow will be available all the next day and for the next week and for the next week that'll happen the tuesday's reading will come on three o'clock on tuesday morning so all day long you can listen to it and of course if you miss one or a little late you can go back and hear another hear it on the same website you can navigate to all of the other readings and you can pick up hear any passage you want really from the new living translation i'm so glad you called in Really glad. And I, I wish you well. Maybe you'll win this Bible. Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> Great, my friend. Take care, Alan. We're glad to hear from you. All right. Bye. All right. Keep listening so that we do draw your name. We can be sure, You'll be sure to know you have it. I've got the phone number, though. We can call you and make arrangements to get the Bible to you uh, if you win our Bible tonight. You, too, folks, can call in as well. We have uh, minutes left, uh, good good time left. So give us a call, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585, with a comment or answering one of our questions here, as Alan did, uh, and we'll put your name in our drawing for this brand-new copy of the New Living Translation Study Bible. Yeah, well, well one thing, I guess I just wanted to go back to you know, talk about Egypt and Tyre and uh, the things that I thought were unique, um, or not unique, but... Um, why, I guess, why Ezekiel says, why the message from God to Ezekiel and why Tyre 
would fall, why Egypt would be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, uh, so with Egypt, it was because the Pharaoh, uh, and this is probably one small thing, but the Pharaoh was claiming that the Nile was his, that it's my Nile River, and, and it was a sort of a spirit of arrogance, a spirit of pride. Of it is mine. Mm-hmm. I made it for myself, mm-hmm. the Pharaoh said, the Nile River. <laughs> right. Now, really, they did actually dig a lot of uh uh, canals and so on. They used right. it, but they the, certainly, I'm sure, felt like they had a reason to claim that it could be theirs. Or, but uh, and then Tyre, they celebrated in Jerusalem's fall. They were uh, arrogant. They were, your wealth is now going to become my wealth, and there is this uh, this arrogance, this pride, <laughs> which might be also a little bit of a hint when it comes to your question about. Why? Yes, it was not only a hint, it's the actual (laughs) answer. That's That's all right. No, it's pride, it's arrogance. Now, uh, if you want to answer many of our our questions to have your chance at winning that Bible, you're going to have to answer it before Stacy gives it away. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, but but no, but that was exactly it. And it's exactly the same sin that uh, Isaiah points out in in chapter twenty eight, uh, chapter fourteen of Isaiah, he he uses the same illustration about Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. He said, "You're you're you you're so arrogant. You're your pride. You said I'm going to sit on the throne of God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that." And God's going to strike you down and destroy you. Which I think and he, is a sweet, same thing is kept. And I love that we read the psalm in, in in alongside this because it's such a great juxtaposition. Yes, it is. Of you know here Tyre and Egypt and things are kind of going well seemingly for these cities. I guess they're powerful. Uh-huh. They've got this wealth and this trading, and you know it doesn't really say because of well you don't you don't necessarily know the specifics, but but. For that and their pride and their ignorance and thinking they could be like God is why they're destroyed. And then I'd say probably in Israel's glory days of David, I mean, he he was, he was made a lot of pretty bad decisions. Of course, Bathsheba, mm-hmm. I mean, you, and yet, you know, when you think of kind of sin and immorality and sort of the, yeah. and some of the more baser murder, mm-hmm. I mean, with that, uh, yeah, adultery, with yes. adultery. And yet he was. But he never claimed to be God. He never, he never claimed to be God. He was humble. He had a contrite heart. He was, and it makes me think of that. Um, was it Devil's Advocate? What was that movie? And it's um, it's like it's Al, Pac- um, Al Pacino, and he that great line when he's the devil, and he goes through and he goes, ah, but pride, pride is <laughs> yeah. the one. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, I know what you mean. The advocate. The I advocate. Think yes. Yeah. And uh, it just reminds me of yeah. um, that, that that's talking, I guess, about the spiritual and sort of the physical. Uh, if if physical if um, if there was a spiritual component to physical regeneration or physical newness um, or you know becoming flesh, where there was a heart of stone, mm-hmm. I think that spiritual component would be contriteness, would be repentance, would be humility. If there is a spiritual component to dry bones and to a heart of stone, it would be pride, absolutely, and, and arrogance and yeah. just a defiance. And a, well, uh, it's often stated in Scripture that, that the, the one of the great characteristics of, of God's people is brokenness and humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it doesn't 
describe you, you might want to check out your relationship <laughs> with God because uh, God resists the proud, the arrogant, and he raises up the, the humble, the broken. Because we've come to recognize that our own limitations and so on. And uh, as God's people, we realize that we're without him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we are nothing indeed. But, uh, yeah, that that is a great, uh, and it's a great passage there from Ezekiel because it's one of the two passages, the street, strong passages where we that we use that give us some insight about the the person of the scriptures, oh, uh, of Satan. Yeah. And... and uh, and who he is now? Let's talk quickly. We've got to talk quickly about this uh, dry bones. Uh, this, uh, I know you have a great insight about that, and you have some thoughts you shared with me, Stacy. About this is one of the earlier mentions and the idea, the concept of the spiritual dimension, the spiritual world, and of born again, of the, a conversion, a coming to be a part of God's people is not just turning over a new leaf. Right. It's not just sort of a, Acting better. a new re- New Year's resolution. Right. I'm going to act better. Oh, I'm going to be better this year. Mm-hmm. Because our relationship with God is not, is not, is not, is not mm-hmm. based upon our good works and our bad works. Uh, it doesn't mean good works and bad works are not important. But our relationship with God is not based upon th- them. Mm-hmm. And and this is one of the earlier uh, passages that talk about the fact that it's, it's a radical rebirth. Mm-hmm. It, it is a, a new and entirely new life. Mm-hmm. It's not just, a, you know, changing a little bit, making New Year's resolution and getting a little bit better. It's a radical departure. It's becoming a new person altogether. And this that we read about is in chapter 2. Let me, where's my little paper here? I got, uh, in the, it's in the final chapters. We read this past week. Uh, chapter, um, well, what is it? Chapters 20, 37. Yeah, 37 there. Um, it talks about the fact that uh, under the new covenant, God's people, God is going to bring about people who obey his laws because he puts his spirit within us. Mm-hmm. He gives us, as you stated earlier, Stacy, a new heart, not a heart of stone, resistant and hard and harsh, and, but a, a, a tender heart to God, to receptive to God. Mm-hmm. I will put my spirit within you. Uh, I will write my laws on your on your heart, Jeremiah tells us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uses the valley of dry bones here to communicate his intention, not only not only to restore the nation of Israel, which is just the earthly uh, vision of that, but to restore Israel in the bigger sense of the people of God, mm-hmm. that we are we are to be restored. We are given brand new life, uh, and that, and it may be it may be that Jesus had this in mind even when he talked to Nicodemus in John chapter three. Don't you know, Nicodemus, that you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God? And and that's one of the great um, dangers of us as God's people. We get, uh, or particularly, uh, maybe even of religiosity, we get so familiar with the concept of God and knowing God and the relationship with God that we begin to, we begin to make it manageable and earthly earthbound it's just about you know doing the right thing and saying the right thing and celebrating this ritual and going to doing this instead of a a total rebirth a transformation Mm -hmm. of our person and our character Mm -hmm. because of the presence of god's spirit in our lives and that that there i'm guessing there may have been more sermons written around 
e Ezekiel 37 in that valley of dry bones. Uh, this so many great sermons uh, around that. But that that's how God gives Ezekiel this powerful vision. Now, I want you to finish out our topic tonight, but I want to let our listeners know that let's, next week we're going to pick up at chapter 41, and we're going to enter into this section of Ezekiel where he talks about this temple, this brand new temple. Uh, and he talks about the brand new, the nation of Israel that transformed and changed the way it looks and so on. A, a new vision of God's people uh, because we are now in the temple of God. Maybe that's the best explanation of this idealization of the temple. Some people have said, well, it might be the, this third temple that some people is gonna think is going to be rebuilt. Other people think that it's going to be the temple built maybe during the millennial reign, mm -hmm. if there's a, a millennial reign that some people think of in, in the scriptures and so on. Uh, there is a lot of people talk, say that it will be built around this idea, but I don't know because this is quite idealized. It's as big as the whole nation, a little bit. Got about a half a minute, honey, okay. to get us out of here. Well, my last thought I just thought was, uh, you know, it always is a pointing to Jesus, always to the Messiah. And my one of my favorite um, stories and one of my favorite moments with Jesus is when he starts off his ministry with the woman at the well. And, it, and she realizes, wait, it's spirit and in truth. We worship in spirit and in truth. And then I think that's the final moment when she realizes this is the this is Jesus. This is the God Almighty. Anyway, have a wonderful evening. We'll see you next week at our regular time. Next Sunday time, night at our regular time, 9 o'clock in the evening. 18888. That's box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.